Perverted, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Afroverdic podcast with your host Victor Anakin. As the world observes International Day for Universal Access to Information, Sputnik invites journalists from North Africa and the Middle East to share skills and knowledge in the media sphere. So today I'm joined by my co-host Yara Fayez Sakra, reporter for Al Syria Channel, and she will be speaking to her colleagues about their expectations and experiences during their stay in Russia and touch on the importance of programs that facilitate the exchange of knowledge and culture between different countries. Hello, it's Yara Sakar. Welcome to our show. So let me uh, introduce uh, Ms. Muna Naimi from uh, United Arab Emirates and uh, Ms. Anwar Gahtani from Saudi Arabia. Uh, welcome and uh, here in Russia. Hello. Uh, so uh, tell me please uh, about uh, yourself and uh, uh, do you uh, or what uh, um, are you... Uh, what do you will do uh, here in uh, Russia and tell me about your program, uh, uh, Ms. Muna. Yeah, hi. Um, hi, my name is Muna. Uh, so uh, um, I come from United Arab Emirates. I work in uh, Women News Agency. I am editor and I, I am publishing the video, uh, what I do with, uh, there in the Women News Agency. Uh, so uh, I, um, I listen about... Uh, the uh, the Sputnik they uh, they have a training for uh, uh, for the uh, for uh, um, for uh, <laughs> I don't know how to new say generations it. okay yes, yes. Um, so uh, I so excited uh, to come here and they see um, uh, the trainer what they do here mm-hmm. and uh, take information and okay. experience what they have. Uh-huh. Welcome. And what about you, uh, Ms. Anwar? Uh, how do you know about this program and what do you do, do for life? Okay. Uh, hello and uh, thank you for uh, welcoming us here. Uh, I am Anwar from Saudi Arabia and I'm working uh, in the Saudi Press Agency mm-hmm. as the new uh, news editor and uh, translator uh, from Arabic to English and French language. Uh, I have been invited uh, to a Sputnik program um from my work and I uh, came here and uh, uh, to to gain and get uh, uh, more skills in my uh, personal uh, professional and uh, social areas in my life uh, it's so excited to to meet new people from different countries different cultures and uh, um yeah, gaining more skills that would help me in my work. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I find Russia uh, so exciting and uh, uh, um, I'm happy to spend a month here. Okay, welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ms. Muna, uh, what are the activities uh, you will do or you did during uh, your uh, visit to Russia? Uh, when I come to Russia, uh, so I have um, no idea about the Russia because it's the first time to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's different ma- than my country, the culture and the weather. Ex- 
is different at all because uh, in my country, like a desert, the weather is very hot. Right. When I come here, no, the weather is changed. It's too cold for me. Um, and also, uh, when when I I come here and see the culture, it's different. But I see the people is very kind. Uh, and uh, sometimes maybe I cannot speak uh, Russia, but I see some people, they come and help me uh, uh, to do uh, what I want from like supermarket, uh, like that. Uh, and uh, when I come here, uh, I like to to know uh, about uh, the Sputnik, way, what, what, how, how the people, they work in it. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, also I would like to know um, how they publish and how they uh, writ, uh, written the news mm-hmm. uh, and uh, also there is uh, they we, they give they, they give us uh, like a schedule what we will do uh, and where we will uh, we will visit uh, around uh, the Russia okay so uh, miss Anwar, how uh, like these programs are important to develop countries and to help countries to express uh, itself uh, around the world, uh, especially according to Russia. You know uh, yeah, the situation that Russia are facing now. Yeah, uh, I, I believe that uh, uh, this kind of uh, programs can help uh, many countries to, to develop uh, their employees uh, when they uh, exchange uh, their cultures, their uh, skills and uh, experience. Uh, so um, I'm so excited to <clears throat> to transfer my experience in Russia to my country, Saudi Arabia, when I uh, come back there. And uh, uh, I'm sure I will... Uh, uh, I will... Uh, I will gain so much skills here mm-hmm. uh, in my uh, trip in Russia. Um, I it's uh, I'm here from two days. Uh, we had uh, like three or four lectures with super specialists in media mm-hmm. and uh, journalism. Uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, spending uh, these lectures and uh, we will have tomorrow a visit to St. Uh, uh-huh, so why? Yeah, and I'm so excited. Uh-huh. Uh, why is the reason of this visit to St. Uh, uh, we will uh, attend the um, uh, third uh, Russia uh, Middle East uh-huh. uh, international oh, firm. And uh, yeah, we will spend like two or three day- days there and we will come back to Moscow. Okay, so you are welcome and uh, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. For those of you that have just tuned in, this is your host Victor Anakin and you're listening to Afro Verdict brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Thank you, Yara, Muna and Anwar for covering that issue of skills sharing. Now taking over is co-host Karim Charara, journalist with Al Maidin Media Network from Lebanon. And with his colleagues, he will hold a debate on the balance between freedom of access to information and privacy. So hi, this is Karim. I'm with the Inter-Russia program hosted by Spotnik. And uh, actually, I'm with a group of my colleagues here from various media organizations uh, who 
we'll all be talking together on the issue of the uh, freedom of access to information. Uh, first of all, as I said, I'm Karim. Mohamed uh, Samir from the Daily News Egypt. Yusuf Belkhiria from uh, Tunis Afrique Press, which, which is the Tunisian uh, official agency, news agency. And I'm from Al Mayadin. So uh, I guess we've uh, already selected a few things that we could talk about. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, since it's the International Day of Freedom to access, of Access to Information, so we, we're going to talk about access to information. Um, for uh, I should start the questions right. <laughs> so my question is: uh, We are going to debate. Uh, so uh, we're going to. Uh, I would know. I would love to know uh, for you what will be. Yeah, um, uh, what would be the point? Uh, the last point to. Uh, when uh, access to information become a violation of personal data. So there is, at some point, we should just stop uh, talking about freedom of access to information to talk about protection of personal data. So uh, what what would you think about that? You want to go, Mohammed? Please, go ahead. Um, okay. Well, this is a bit contentious for me because... Um, Look, it's uh, inherently related to the to the issue of liberty. And as you know, there's not one definition of liberty. Uh, if you want to go back to how Isaiah Berlin differentiated, differentiated between positive and negative, negative liberty, uh, although he was a proponent of negative liberty, he was... Uh, he clearly stated that there is not one definition of negative liberty. Uh, and the entire compendium of Western philosophers all agreed on the importance of having a measure of privacy for every citizen. So although liberal democracies are all uh, in agreement in the importance of liberalism and the importance of democracy, they all differ in the measure to uh, in the measure that each of them prescribes to a person in their private life. Mm-hmm. So where does it become contentious because when you have so many different outlooks to the world and so many different worldviews, you get to a point where how much is left for, for a citizen to be able to, to feel free in an environment that only propagates freedom. So take, for instance, the, U- the, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Are citizens truly free in the U.S.? Because there's, there's this issue of uh, uh, the police state and yes. how they're being surveilled all the time. So there is that issue at hand. Uh, how much does one need to be free? Yeah, it depends on the context, I guess. Also, it depends on the context where we are talking about accessing to information. At what kind of information? I think uh, our colleague Samir want to talk about uh, 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 security or national security information related. Yeah. Yes, but uh, before going to that. Uh To answer your question, from my point of view, I think uh, it depends all uh, on the context. Uh, Maybe in some cases, although it's a personal information, let's say, for example, I was part of uh, a financial crime, maybe money laundering scheme, uh, and you are an investigative journalist. Mm -hmm. In that case, I believe that uh, all your public information on social media and elsewise is a fair game. It's... It's not, uh, it's not protected as a private information since you are a, a part of the investigation. Mm-hmm. Any journalist 
can use uh, public data, which includes social media platforms, mm. of course, uh, to maybe draw a network of connections and maybe get that information that helps with their investigation. Mm. In that case, uh, you shouldn't argue that it's private information. Yes. So... Uh, that's one of the points. Uh, moving to the national security point, uh, many governments always argue uh, that uh, national uh, security mm-hmm. is a reason that gives them the reason to withhold the information from journalists. For yes, example, yes. Uh, whenever uh, you, as a press or TV or whatever, uh, try to access this information. They told you it uh, affects our national security. Uh, that goes for uh, military operations, for example, as well. Mm. Uh, so, where can we draw the line uh, to uphold the right to the access to to information without putting uh, national security in danger? In mm. your opinions? Yeah. Well, I I guess there is this issue of because it's always a matter of contention mm-hmm. where where do you draw the line between the journalists right to go forward and uh give information that would be beneficial for the public mm-hmm. exposing crimes mm-hmm. and uh, the criminals quote unquote uh need for a private life yes <laughs> no, no, not totally agree but um so, uh, you know uh, one time there is a um, uh, an, uh, an official who tried to explain this to me, this line, where to draw uh, it. He was telling me, uh, imagine that you are covering uh, a terrorist attack and we are, we were reposting. So you were describing, you are journalists, you, you were there and you were dis- describing. You described, you said that we uh, military presence is uh, like, um, there is a 20 military agent and you published that. The terrorist will see it and we, 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 he will take uh, some um, decisions on, based on what you, you, t- you said. So you will uh, like expose uh, our agent's life uh, to danger. And uh, I didn't... Uh, I, I, sometimes I, I just want work compassion. I understood him. You know, I shouldn't be. Uh, I was journalist. I, I, I was trying to convince him that I need that information. Under and at 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 a moment, I was yeah. Some, maybe you are right. <laughs> maybe I I don't need that information. Okay, I will get it later. I you guess know? in this example because it applies in this example. Yes. Maybe not yes. others, but it exactly. does in this case. That's why I said it depends on the context. Uh, finally, it depends uh, on the con- national and actual. Uh, context of the information so um, that's uh, that um, that contact me uh, to mechanisms what uh, sort of mechanism uh, should be present in each country to to really talk about freedom of access uh, to information so uh, sh- our laws um, uh, uh, are just laws, yeah. Uh, so, uh, how to say it in English? Uh, can laws guarantee uh, access to information, or should we, uh, should we, or do we need other mechanisms, or uh, instances, or or uh, NGOs, or or something like that? What do you think? 
Well, in theory, uh, laws are more than efficient, but uh, in practice, I will take Egypt, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right for access to information is in our constitution. Mm-hmm. But in practice, it's not... Uh, every government uphold, uh, does not uphold it correctly. Yes. You know, uh, the bylaws and... Uh, the administrative decisions sometimes contradict the constitution. Yes. <clears throat> so laws and constitutions are not enough. Uh, yes. People need to demand that uh, all the information should be public. Yes. They should ask for it. You know. Yes, I yeah. think that uh, all concerned people should be implicated. So citizens, uh, NGOs, journalists, and the government, and and also lawyers, in our case, because it's mm-hmm. a new concept in our country. So I think um, we need some structure who, um, who implicates all of them, so to find a way to really uh, guarantee access to information, and at the same time to... Uh, um, to uh, to um, spread the culture of excess of information among citizens because not all citizens know uh, what is really access to that they have the right uh, to access to information so but it's my opinion that these kinds of things uh, usually take time before they can actually take root in society because as you said if uh, if we need to get to a point where we have efficient or adequate access to information then the people need to be educated on this. And in order to educate people, you actually need to have a system of education that propagates these things. Exactly. So it it's not usually a five-year... Uh, yeah, these things don't usually uh, run accordingly to a f- five-year plan. You mm. need a couple of a couple or maybe three generations for these strings to to begin to take root. Uh, same thing for uh, uh, copyright, huh? <laughs> I think. For copyright... <sighs> Uh, that's a contentious issue also. <laughs> They're all contentious. Um, because, uh, so, uh, usually in the in developing countries, the issue of copyright is, all f- is often brought up, not, with, not within these countries, but in relation to uh, the, in relation to these relations of these countries with the West. So, uh, because the West is really, leans heavy on copyright. So the question arises when this, uh, so let's say, card or a card of copyright is used in order to prevent developing countries from making any progress. Mm. So it's often used often in the te- in technological circles in order to impede development. So when you bring something up in court, you're basically telling a certain company not to make use of it to a certain time until this issue is revol- resolved. So this has been happening a lot, happening a lot lately uh, between the West and China yes. uh, in particular. So the question arises here, the question that arises is this, is copyright, uh, because the West was the one that put in place these, law, these copyright laws. Mm-hmm. So is this actually a method uh, or a tool to enforce copyright and uh, allow for people to protect their own uh, their own um, let's say um, inventions <laughs> inventions <laughs> exactly yes. uh. or is this another just another tool by which the west can 
can uh, can that another tool that the West can use and 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 basically what is a rigged game. Yeah. If you're playing the copyright game, then you're playing that uh, a rigged game in accordance with laws that were already put in place by during the the neo-colonial period. Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. So um, uh, it was very interesting, really. <laughs> I should. Uh, I wish we we had much a little bit much time, much more time. But we think. Uh, I think we are. We already are. Uh, we already consumed our 15 minutes so uh, it was very interesting I should thank you thank you my colleagues I was very honored to talk uh, with you about this and uh, for the next time thank you <laughs> thank you thank you Karim Mohammed Yusser thanks a lot for that insightful conversation and for providing our listeners with some food for thought concerning how information is distributed and the purpose copyright serves. Dear listeners, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can always listen to the Afroverdict podcast on various platforms such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Addict, as well as AfriPods. Check out our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, TikTok account and other socials to always stay up to date on local and global events. For even quicker access, download the Sputnik Africa application. May you all enjoy your right to accessing information while safeguarding that which you consider private. That's that for today's episode, but you will hear from me tomorrow. So have a good one, everybody. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.